Aviation Podcast is presented as entertainment, not flight instruction. Though some participants are certified flight instructors, their comments, opinions, and discussions of flying techniques are theirs alone. None of the co-hosts or guests on this podcast are acting as your flight instructor. Please consult your own CFI for guidance on your specific flight training, aeronautical knowledge, and aircraft operation. This is the Stuck Mike Avcast, an aviation podcast about learning to fly, living to fly, and loving to fly. Episode 121, Safety and the Selfie Generation, coming up next on the Stuck Mike Avcast. Now here are your co-hosts, Victoria Newville, Sean Moody, Eric Crump, Rick Felty, and Carl Valeri. Welcome to the podcast about learning to fly, living to fly, and loving to fly. I'm really excited tonight because we have a really interesting topic, actually two interesting topics to to discuss about the passion of aviation and also electronic devices. But before I get started, uh, joining us this evening is myself, Carl Valeri, and we also have with us Rick Felty, Russ Wazlewski, and Tom Frick. Welcome to the podcast, guys. All right, thanks. It's- hey, hey. <laughs> thank you. It's great to have everybody here. We have a few, as you notice in our format, we've been bringing guests on and off, and it's uh, it's been wonderful having different perspectives. Victoria can't reach us tonight because uh, she's been kind of bogged down with work, work, which is a good thing, and uh, and also the rest of the crew. Uh, we've had some challenges getting together tonight, but we have something really interesting. Uh, we have an interesting interview. Uh, before we get started with that, let's do the pre-flight. Just a quick mention about our sponsors. Of course, our sponsor this evening is Aviation Careers Podcast. Aviation Careers Podcast, hosted by myself and also co-hosted by some really other interesting, uh, really great uh, experts in the aviation industry and in careers, uh, provides you know aviation scholarships, uh, also interview prep, and also career coaching. So go ahead and check out aviationcareerspodcast.com. Podcast is free uh, and also all this other information that is out there in the, on the internet, we have links to as far as getting ready for the interview. So check out aviationcareerspodcast.com. And by the way, if you're a listener into general aviation and you're interested in getting another rating, we have scholarships for that. Whether you're going on to a career in aviation or not, check out the Aviation Scholarships Guide. Now entering cruise flight. Let's get started this evening. Uh, we have a two-part series here this evening, two different discussions. One of them it's something that is is near and dear to my heart. I love seeing new communities on the internet. I, I know everybody else does too, but I've seen so many come and go, and, and and all of us here have. And one of the things that I always do when someone tells me about a new concept, I I'm very skeptical, and I hate to say, and and the person I interviewed about their website, it's called Hangar Dot Flights, Hangar Dot Flights. It's this new online pilot community. And I, at first, I was like, okay, you know, how good could this be? And I looked at it, and boy, this person did a great job. And what, they're, what he's doing, Sene is his name, what he is doing is he's putting together this new pilot community and, just, just, it, and it's for people that are passionate about flying, but he's doing it a little bit differently. But before I tell you more about it, I'll tell you what we'll do. Let's go to that interview, and then we'll discuss it after all right, guys. Let's let's go listen to the interview. So let's, uh, Rick, roll the tape, and uh, here go. Here's the interview with Sandy. Well, hey, this is Carl Valera reporting for the Stuck Mike Avcast, and we have a special guest here today, uh, the in, the person that has developed and is the founder of Hangar Flights. That's Hangar 
Flights. And uh, Senna, he's actually a, a wonderful person just from his online presence and has done a terrific job here with the website. Again, if you're listening to this right now, I invite you to go out to hangar.flights and check out the website. It's a wonderful pilot community with some incredible uh, different photographs and uh, some amazing stories. Well, welcome to the show, Senna. Hi, Carl. I'm really happy and honored to be here. <laughs> well, as you can tell, you're uh, you're a little bit further away from me. You're about six hours difference. Uh, where are you located? I'm located in the, in the neighborhood of Brussels. It's in Belgium. So uh, yeah, it's it's uh, right now eight o'clock in the evening. Great, eight o'clock in the evening. Wow. Um, let's see. That's uh, that's uh, pretty late. That's uh, gosh. Uh, I'm, you must have been at work all day. That's for sure. <laughs> well, I've I've actually been flying all day. So I, I just oh, I'm just cool. in the airfield. So just in time for our interview. So uh, terrific. Yeah, it's. Uh, I've already had a, had a whole day today. Cool. They, well, just give us a, a, a little bit of background about yourself. I know you're a really passionate aviator, and you're somebody that has done something amazing with your website. Because I, I love the pictures and the photographs, et cetera, and I like the, the pilot community you're making. But, but let's not get ahead of ourselves. Uh, how, did, how did you get your passion for aviation? Well, I'm uh, at the moment. I'm 20 years old, so uh, wow. I've been living my whole life uh, very near to very near a local airfield, just a few kilometers away. And uh, when I grew up, there was a uh, the Belgian Air Force pilots were training at our airfield, and uh, so every day the training pilots were flying over my house. So every day when I was a little a, a little guy, so it's 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 already it's always been fascinating to me to see those planes, and uh, there's also a flying club at the airfields that I uh, live live nearby, and uh, they fly gliders and motorized planes. So every weekend I saw those gliders fly over, and uh, that's a little bit how my passion started actually by just by just watching all those those planes fly over. And uh, when I was uh, 12 years old, so it was uh, July 7th, 2007. My dad took me to the local airfield and I uh, for my first, very first glider flight, and I've been uh, been in love with it ever since. And um, I started my real flight training, and when I was 14 years old, just just old enough to legally start my flight training. And I, uh, about a year and a half later, I think it was the year when I turned 16, I did my first solo flight. So that was uh, well an incredibly amazing experience, as you probably know, and. Uh, yeah, that's just I've been in love with it ever since. So that's a little how I started it with aviation. Well, that's and, that's a neat way to start is using gliders because you're, yeah, you're actually part of the air, and uh, exactly, yeah. you know you don't need an engine. <laughs> you know, you just just use the air to keep yourself up. That's that's a neat story. I think it's really cool that you started uh, when you were 16. I mean, that's not too many people start that young. You know, they usually a lot of times they don't have the money and time to do it till later in life. But the the part of your story I think is really cool is that you started with gliders. Because that's a it's a less expensive option, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. It's, it's a lot a lot less expensive. So I started gliding when I was fourteen years old, and uh, yeah, it's a lot more affordable than than flying motorized airplanes. So uh, that's also a part of the reason why I'm not really uh, doing starting my PPL or uh, really flying any other planes than than gliders, just because it's financially a lot more affordable for especially for young people. So I'm. Uh, yeah, that's that's really one of the reasons why I started gliding, and just it's it's an incredibly beautiful hobby, and uh, yeah, it's it's just beautiful to fly, just pu- purely on nature and without without having an engine, and just uh, it's really an adventure every flight, and that that's great about it, especially for young people. So this adventure started at an airfield, 
and the airfield uh, so that our listeners, most of our listeners are in the U.S., uh, what would the identifier be for that airfield? Uh, so I'm, I'm sure people are really curious right now. Well, yeah, the airfield is, uh, is uh, the local airfield in, in, in uh, Dienen, it's called, and uh, it's Echo Bravo Tango November, so it's it's called Gutsunova Airfield, and it's uh, been a formerly uh, military airfield where the, the military passed away, uh, they have moved, uh, I think, in the late 90s, and now in the week, we only have a, a flying club that's flying there in the weekends and on, uh, on holidays. Interesting. So, and as far as flying is concerned... Uh, in in your neck of the woods, uh, in in Belgium and, and in Europe in general, mm-hmm. are the expenses similar or are they they more expensive than the U.S. From what you know, well, from what I know, I think gliding is is is, is less expensive. I, we I think uh, we pay about uh, twenty five euros for for a, for a launch, so that's about uh, the price for one flight. Um, we also have a few cents that we pay per minute that we fly, but that's but that's not not really a big expense. Um, so gliding. Uh, itself is is is, is uh, financially very affordable i think really in belgium and in, in europe as a whole um but but uh, flying motorized airplanes is, is just expensive everywhere i think and i'm not really sure if it's if it's more, more or less expensive than in the us but uh, i really i know that gliding is is uh, really affordable here where, where i live well you sure are somebody passionate about aviation and uh, you just said you came down from flying what did you do today well, I, I just went for a local uh, local flight, a local glider flight. We had a competition for the, lo- the past three days. So in Belgium, we have a holiday right now, and uh, yeah, we had, a, we had a competition between the club members, and it's been uh, a really fun three days. So uh, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm happy. I'm happy. I'm back, and uh, yeah, it, it was it was a really great experience, especially with all, with all the pilots. And uh, if there's a little competition between the pilots in in the in the club, it's it's always fun to uh, to do. So how does that work? What kind of co- how do you how did you do the competition and what's involved with this competition? Well, competitions in gliding there are are um, you have a lot of options. You have options to the longest flight, the farthest flights, uh, the fastest flights. So uh, in our competition, it was just more. Uh, we have a kind of um, point pointing system that uh, so. Uh, Pilot pilots get get points for for the, the the number of kilometers they fly, the number of hours they fly, and that that's just a little competition between the club. But uh, in Belgium, we have a lot a lot of other competitions where about where sometimes fifty or sixty planes compete with each other, and that's that's usually they get they get a task in the morning, so they have to fly, for example, uh, two hundred or three hundred kilometers, and the the pilot who flies the uh, the task the fastest usually wins the competition. So uh, that's that's. Also, a very nice part of gliding that that there's a really it's really a sport and there's there are really a lot of competitions, and pilots really train for those competitions. So uh, that's also a very nice uh, part of of gliding. So yeah. this gliding actually is a great way to learn stick and rudder skills and and actually how to fly. But have you uh, been in a powered aircraft yet? Have you taken one up yet? Yeah, I, I've been in one multiple times. Um, I. Uh, yeah, I usually fly with, with with people from the air club who, uh, who ask if I want to join them on a flight, and uh, yeah, I, I really really enjoy it. But uh, as a student myself now and at college, it's a little it's a little too expensive to really start uh, uh, f- flying motorized planes myself at the moment. So uh, right, sure. But I really enjoy flying. I really enjoy flying those absolutely. Well, gosh, you know, you you've started out in a great field, uh, gliding, because the cool thing is that you'll be able to keep going up. Whereas a lot of people fall out from the, you know, flying the the powered aircraft, and and that's a great method. So for those listening, 
I would highly recommend getting into gliding. If, uh, as a matter of fact, that's one of the things I'm considering right now is, is getting my glider rating because it just, I love being in the air and there's no less expensive way, it seems, to get up in the air and just enjoy the beauty of flight. Uh, because no matter if you're flying a, a large airliner or a glider or a small single engine, it, it all looks the same and it's all a wonderful, wonderful place to be, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I've I've heard a lot of pilots who uh, who started they started their careers as glider pilots, and uh, none of them have uh, has ever um, really thought of it that that it was wasted, it was time wasted or um, have regretted it. So uh, I really think it's it's a great way to, to get started in aviation, just just as a hobby or in your aviation career. And it's uh, as you already mentioned, it's it's it really helps you your stick and rudder. Um, skills and it's uh, it's a great way to get started in aviation absolutely so you finished your your glider rating and then you went to university and you're studying and then you know not that you're too busy you seem like a, a bit of a workaholic you decided to start this website called hangar flights so why did you start hangar flights now and uh boy isn't your plate kind of full well, it's uh, it's it's absolutely it definitely is, but uh, yeah, it was just one of those ideas I had after after spending a lot of hours on on different forums and websites, and I just thought it would be it would be fun to have a place like that and to have a place where pilots can can interact with each other and create a social platform with with lots of different tools and and uh, and functions for for pilots. So I uh, and I was I've always always been interested in in design and in, in website in building websites and creating things. And I just used my passion, and I, I thought to myself, yeah, why not just build it? Why not just start it? It can be fun. Uh, well, yeah, I, I, I just did it. I, I started building the website. I started thinking about things I, I had to add to it, and uh, I'm, I'm happy I did it. It's, it's, it has been a great journey, and uh, even if it wouldn't get off the ground, it's, 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 been, it's been a great experience of, of just building it and... Uh, Contacting, contacting different and interesting people. Otherwise, I've never met just just like you guys. It's it's uh, a really awesome and an honor to be here. And uh, yeah, without a website, it might have never happened. So uh, yeah, it's, it's been a great journey uh, up until now. Yeah, I think it's wonderful bringing all these people in aviation together uh, and through the internet, which is such a great tool. Uh, I have to say, one of the things I'm, I'm not a big fan of most forms, and one of the reasons is a lot of times they devolve. Uh, into you know a lot of negativity and one of the things I did enjoy about yours and the reason I I signed up is there were so many different positive stories and discussions etc uh, and that's one of the hardest things to do is to keep track of, of this type of form especially when you're you're in the field of aviation like in a, the other podcast I do with aviation careers it can devolve into some very negative speak well how how do you go about giving such a positive attitude and, and continuing that forward uh, with all your stories. You've done a great job of it so far. So uh, how, are you, how are you doing that? Exactly. It's, it's, it's a thing I, I always I also really hate when I will hate. It's, it's, it's maybe a lot of said, but uh, when I go on other forums, there are a lot of, well, also people who don't fly and are just there to, to, to ask well, yeah, not only stupid questions, but I know what you mean when when there's a lot of negative talking on, on other forums. So that's also one of the reasons why I made this forum pilot only. Right. So uh, there's no there's no young young kids who just just are browsing the internet and just posting different stuff. It's it's really only for pilots, and uh, it 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 takes some time to also filter 
well, not really filter hard, but to to make sure it's it stays fun and interesting in the community, and there's not too lot, a lot of negativity, like like you mentioned. And yeah, that's, that's really hard about an online community, but it's also uh, very fun and interesting if 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 it's if the the posts that are being that are being discussed if they're interested and if they're not only negative talking but also positive things and and, and people helping each other and that's that's I think really important about uh, about an online community and it's something I really want to uh, to have that there there are still a lot of fun and interesting uh, things not a lot of negativity like you mentioned and so uh, that that's that's important exactly and I think that's that's what's so nice it's it's nice and fresh to have that I know it's a challenge in most of these other communities and that's actually uh, you know one of the reasons a lot of people don't like the forums and uh, even people that come here to the stuck Mike avcast they they thought uh, some people thought it was a different forum uh, at one time uh, of people just you know telling their stories and a lot of complaining and, and and you know I think what you meant to say on the whole stupid questions thing is that they they really aren't relevant to to the forum itself and uh, they become more like trolls. And we tried to uh, take the trolls out of the, the scenario. I think the way you're doing that is is fairly good. I mean, the, the, you have a, a forum where only pilots can get on there. Uh, you'll still have that. You'll still yeah, have the yeah. trolls out there. Uh, and that must that will be a challenge. But this is really new and this is fresh. So I, And I'm so excited about it. Um, how do you, how do you prevent that from happening? How do you prevent that from from going down that road? I mean, it's, it, it, some people that don't get on forums are probably wondering what are we talking about. But if you uh, just in general, not just in aviation, but others, you you do find that. So just I encourage people to go out and check out other forums, and you'll see that th- this is different. So again, back to the question, you know, how do you prevent that yeah. from happening? Exactly, it's 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 a big it's a big problem with other forums, and uh, so the first way we, we try to to prevent it is. Uh, it's by by really mentioning in the sign up form that only pilots are allowed to the community, just as, as one as one way to, to make it to, to prevent those people from entering and to post stuff. And uh, another way is by just really monitoring everything that's 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 being posted and, and the people who, who sign up. So uh, it's a lot of work to monitor everything, but uh, we do our best. I have a few of my friends who uh, who help me doing that. And um, yeah, it, it is important that we that we try to monitor the people who are signing up and who are posting stuff. That it's, that it's keeps being friendly and, and uh, there's no negative posting and no no trolling like you said. And uh, so it's it's really those those ways by uh, by making it a pilot only community and by monitoring everything that's that's being posted. That's so, that's that's how I how we, how I try to do it and uh, I hope to to keep doing it. Yeah, we we actually on the Stuck Mike Avcast, we we encourage people to go out and comment on Facebook and also on the website itself, uh, and that had been an issue for us in the beginning. And and as we uh, actually had to go to a system where we were not allowing people to make comments unless uh, we actually reviewed it, and uh, we wound up with you know tens and thousands, you know over fifty thousand spam messages, yeah, yeah, et cetera. Yeah. And and that's terrific that you're doing that that you're not allowing those those bad discussions in. The other neat thing is that you mm-hmm. have in this whole hangar flights, uh, we have a community. So there's two ways to look at this website. You can look at this website as a visitor, uh, but there's also you can look at this website as part of the community. So how do you become part of that community? Like you said, you have to be a pilot. So what do you need to do, and what advantages are there as to becoming a part of the community there? 
Yeah, exactly. So, uh, the, so one side of the of the website you can you can see even as a, even as a non signed up uh, member. So uh, you can you can just see all discussions, stories, videos, and, and articles. Even if you're not signed up and logged in, um, the thing is when you when you do sign up, then you can also comment on those those posts. You can also participate in discussions and and uh, connect with other pilots and with other members that are part of it. Uh, so there's also so a, uh, a messaging system inside the website. So if you if you come along some some uh, some very interesting topics that you would like to discuss with the pilots privately, or you want to you want to send them a message, it's also pos- also possible when you when you uh, when you are a logged in member. So uh, yeah, if you if you if you do sign up, you really become part of the community and you really can start discussing with other pilots and, and learning from each other. And that's the reason why I did it. You know, it's interesting the name. Uh, hangar flights. Interesting that you picked that. Uh, why did you pick hangar flights as the name? Well, uh, when when looking for for an uh, for a good name for the websites, it's all it's all it's always a difficult thing. But um, I've always been fascinated by the term hangar flying, which uh, which is an aviation phrase that's often used to uh, to to describe the the talking about aviation, the hanging around the hangar and talking about aviation, the adventures that pilots go to and uh, stories they like they like to say. I'd like to tell. So uh, when I was looking for a name, I was I was looking at hangerflying.com or hangerflying dot something, and then uh, suddenly just hangar dot flights popped up, and I thought this was really an, an awesome name. It it really described the whole thing. It was an easy name to an easy URL to go to, and uh, I think it's it's also it's also a little bit different than other than other websites, and uh, I think that's that's also something that uh, the pilots will remember, and that um, yeah, I just thought it would be a great name, and I. Uh, I'm happy I have it. Yeah, I think I think it's a great name, and I remembered it very easily because there's so many other mm-hmm. other ways that you know that you can find yeah. things about hangar flying. But hangar flying, it's interesting. You even have some of these blog posts and articles out there. You know, as far as hangar flying itself, uh, is it a dying art form? I know that I've learned a lot from hangar flying. Uh, sometimes it gets to the you know there I was that type of thing, but you can truly learn from it. So I- I'm curious, you know. What your feelings are? Do you feel that hangar flying is a, is a dying art form? Well, it really is an interesting question, and I, I, I've always think, thought that hangar flying is one of the, those uh, awesome things about aviation. And just even if you're not flying, it's it's something you can always do with with, with your fellow pilots. If it's a really dying art form, I'm not sure. But um, I just if, if when I'm at my local airfield and we're not flying, we're just sitting inside the bar and we're telling the most incredible stories about flying. Of which half are almost two, uh, probably. But uh, it's 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 just a great way of, of spending your time with on the airfield with other pilots, and you can learn a lot from each other by just by just sharing sharing our experiences, even when you're not flying. But um, yeah, it, it it is it, it is a great thing about about it, and I've uh, I, I do enjoy it every time I'm sitting in a barn hanging around a hangar, even if I'm not flying. It's it's uh, it's awesome to hear their stories about uh, from other pilots about their adventures, and uh, you can really learn a lot from it. So, uh, yeah, yeah, it's interesting. That's what we do when we're training, right? We listen to other stories and we we go through examples and different scenarios. And you know, the scenarios we're listening to from hangar flying 
is actually something that happened to somebody. You know, sometimes it gets to be like the big fishing stories, you know, where, oh, the fish keeps getting bigger and bigger. But, but for, the exactly, most, yeah. for the most part, you, you do learn quite a bit, you know. You know, there I was inverted 10 feet off the ground, you know. <laughs> In my yeah, yeah, so it's like that, that kind of thing. But you know, it, it, but it's a lot of fun. Even those stories are a lot of fun to hear. So one of the things that I, I think we've we've talked about here is that the the website and becoming a member and being able to, to comment. But I, I think the other reason that you started this, and it's in the comments as to why you you know the article you did about why the discussion about why you started Hangar Flight. Uh, you know, it's the why. Why do we fly? And and that's what's really cool about this. That's that's my favorite part of the website that you've developed is the fact that it has all that in there and has some very incredible pictures and photos and great articles. Uh, one of the, the really cool articles, you know, I think one of the top ones I like, is the 25 items every pilot should have on their bucket list. And uh, as I was looking through that, I said to myself, gosh, you know, those are a lot of the things that I want to do in getting my glider rating, that type of thing, uh, either, you know, flying in a steerman, et cetera. But what's neat is that you, you related this to other articles out there on the Internet and other photos that are out there. So it was very visually appealing. Um, so, you know, the, that bucket list item, those 25 items there, uh, these articles that you develop, are these these ones that you write and put together or do you have other contributors? Well, that, the articles that online on the website I, I wrote them all by myself but uh, in the future it's, it's it takes a lot of time to write those articles and I hope to have some other people who would like to like to write about aviation and uh, who would also love to to write for our website and uh, it would be great if you have yet some other interesting people who can write for it and uh, share their opinion about flying and about different subjects of flying and um, yeah, so right now I'm I'm writing all those articles by myself, but uh, it would be great if you had some other other people who lo- would love to write about aviation. And uh, so, uh, yeah. Sure. We and you know we'd love to put some of our videos out there and some of the the, the different videos we've shot, etc. And uh, and and share them amongst this wonderful story. I love all the different experiences, the training experiences, uh, everything from buying planes to different events that are going to happen and airports. I like how you split it up into the, all these different buckets of of information and discussions. Yeah. I think that's pretty cool. Uh, so this is uh, this has only been up for I think what a few weeks now. Is that correct? Well, uh, I think it's now exactly two weeks. So uh, I've been working on the website for about one and a half years, and uh, it's been online now exactly two weeks. Great. And how so, are uh, things going? It's been it's been well. I'm really happy our, our thing our things are going, but. Uh, so I think we have now about 120 members, I think, in in, in the community. So uh, it's it's going great. I'm, I'm extremely happy with it, and I thank uh, all pilots who are already signed up for it. And uh, it, it's 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 a new website, it's a new community, and it's it's always difficult to to start something like that. But uh, I'm happy how, how it started out, and let's uh, uh, just keep going from here. And I I wish you the best of luck with this. Is there anything about hangar flights that that we should know? The listeners of of Stuff Mike Avcast that are listening now. This is a podcast about learning to fly and living to fly and loving to fly. Uh, how would that appeal to us? And and I think uh, I just said it right there. <laughs> well, yeah, I think uh, hangar flights is, is would be an awesome website for every pilot, for pilots who just started out flying, pilots who are more experienced. It's a way for them to, to share their experiences with, with with other people and to ask for advice and to uh, to really share the joy of flying. And and uh, I think that's that's the greatest thing about this website that that pilots from all all kinds of uh, experience levels can can just share their experiences, share their the fun of flying, share the joy of flying, and uh, 
really really help people get getting started and people moving on in aviation and uh, it, it's I think I personally think it could be really helpful for for all kind of pilots by just sharing their experiences and sharing uh, the stories they experienced during their flights and uh, yeah. Well, gosh, I, I wish you the best of luck with it. I uh, I think uh, it's been a, a great start, visually appealing. That's for sure. Uh, is there anything else you want to tell our listeners about this before we move on? Well, well, uh, I just think I can only encourage people to, to sign up on the website and to make it even greater. And I think we are, we, are, we now have uh, 120 members. So I think with, with more members, it can, be even, uh, it can be even more fun. It can be even more interested to, uh, to other pilots. And uh, so I can only encourage people to sign up at the hangar flights cool hangar.flights so how about you Where, what are you doing what, what's next uh, on your list of things to do are you uh, looking to get your commercial or your you know private your your flight instructor where, where are you going next with your ratings yeah now I, uh, I only have my uh, sailplate pilot license so my SPL um, I already did a few years ago my, my, my theoretical course for my pilot license but uh, since I'm just a college student now it's a uh, the practical training is, is, is a little uh, a little too expensive for me right now, but that, that's the first thing on my list is to do my practical uh, my practical training for my private pilot license, and then uh, well then I'll see. But I'll probably probably move on to do my commercial and uh, maybe even a flight instructor. Who knows? But I'm uh, I'm still young, so uh, still a lot of uh, a lot of options for me. <laughs> you sure are young, and I think uh, this is great that that you've gotten into aviation <laughs> at this time and. Uh, it's just a wonderful time to be in aviation. Not, I think any time is really, uh, and you, you have such a, an incredible life ahead of you. And uh, you know, we definitely wish you luck with this website. We hope it keeps moving forward because I think you've done a terrific job as far as uh, making visually appealing and also appealing to people that are interested in aviation and something very positive in the aviation community. So if you want to find out about this community, you go to hangar.flights. Hangar.flights. That's it. No comma in the end. Just hangar. Flights. And uh, if you want to ask Senna a question, you can just send us an email or they can go to your website. So tell us also, besides this website, where can they find you on the Internet? Well, I'm, uh, I'm also on Twitter and uh, Instagram, mostly on Instagram. That's, uh, that's at Senna VDP. So that's that's my uh, my Instagram handle. Uh, I'm also on Facebook, just with my, uh, my, with my, uh, with my normal name. And uh, if you want to reach me, you can just reach me at Senna at Hangar.Flights. So I think that's that's the most uh, that's the easiest way to to get in touch with me, and uh, yeah, that's that's uh, if you have any other questions questions about me or the websites, that's uh, that's the place to be, I think. So Zena, I really appreciate your your joining us today, and I'd love to get on the ground floor of something that I think is is really exciting. We're going to be watching you, and we hope that uh, you'll come back on again. We'll have you as a guest on, on the show sometime and talk more about how your community has grown and uh, both, uh, you know, everywhere, internationally, both Europe and in the U.S. and, and everywhere else. Uh, I think you're really onto something good, and I hope you keep up with it. So uh, best of luck with you on that, and I really appreciate your coming here uh, to be a guest on the Stuck Mike Avcast. Well, thanks a lot, David. I was really honored and happy to be here, and uh, thanks for all the kind words about, about me and the website. So, uh I really, really, uh, I'm really happy about it. And again, that's Senna from Hangar.Flights. And this is Carl Valeri from the Stuck Mike Avcast reporting online. And uh, check it out, Hangar.Flights, a real positive aviation community sharing the passion of flight. 
Well, that was a lot of fun talking to Sene. He's a he's definitely a passionate aviator. Uh, Rick, thanks for thanks for putting that audio together for us. I know there was a couple yeah. parts that that dropped out there, but uh, you know, I know you're you are really a multimedia kind of guy, and yeah, and and I love I love the aesthetics of his website, and I yeah, love me his too. Passion. Uh, it, it's yeah, it's beautiful, and it's very current. You know, the style, the the way it's done is is obviously a fresh current perspective on on the web as well as the fact that he's in you know he, he's in aviation and is is a young passionate uh, pilot very it's a very cool combination you know and like i said at the beginning of the interview i was a little skeptical at first and and a lot of times i am because you know you see so many different websites start up i know rick you've seen a lot and and we all have yeah and but i said to myself let me let me look i always do that i always say okay let me not do that let me not come to this with preconceived notions and so i signed up i became a member and he is doing something different just like he said this is a website for people who are aviators and passionate about aviators and he's he's actually what he's done is he's made his website so that it's geared towards pilots and and during most of these websites during the kind of conversation that you get going online sometimes it devolves into something that we don't want to see negativity etc and that's something we you know we don't really like here at, <laughs> at stuck my cavcast of course but you he's been able to stop that and i'm hoping he'll be able to continue that so i'm really really excited did anybody else by the way sign up rick did you sign up no you know while you were talking i was just punching in some info about myself so i will be signed up by the end of the night um just to watch i kind of wanted to see the process now that i've heard him talking about how it's exclusively uh pilot so no i've not cool but well, i will well, well let, let us know by the end of the podcast how yeah. that is and i you know i want to apologize to Sene. i didn't actually say that before it and and while i was interviewing that i was really skeptical i don't think uh but uh you know it, it, well you know you're right you're right to be i mean there's a lot in general the web is is easy Yes. You know, you can, and that's what's kind of cool and tricky about all of this technology is, is um, anyone can do a lot of things without too much effort. There's not a there's there's very low barriers to entry, which is great. On the other hand, there's very low barriers of entry, which <laughs> means there's no vetting of, you know, someone's seriousness. You know, you can start a podcast. I mean, we've been doing this now, five years, very steadily. Yeah, for five years. Because I think early on, a bunch of us said, what can we sustain? And we really wanted to sustain it, and, and we figured a pattern we could do. And though everyone can't make it, we're, we're still pretty determined to, to stay on schedule with getting a new show out because we know that it has value and we know doing that you know, matters. But it's also easy to start one up and then you run out of steam. And that's you know, nobody's criticizing anyone for that. It's, it's, it's a real thing. I, <laughs> I have several discarded blogs along the way that I thought, oh, this would be fun. And then you know, something else came along or whatever. So that said, you're right to be skeptical about any new thing. And yet it's also cool to give them a chance, you know, especially, you know, something that, that looks cool and looks appropriate and is trying to do um, the right thing and do it in a new way. Um, you know, g g I, I think uh, give it a shot. If it fits, if any of this fits your life, you'll enjoy it and it'll, it'll become part of what you do, like listening to a podcast. If it doesn't, then it'll, it won't work for you. Um, but uh, it's worth a shot. So anyway, I, I guess I'm giving you an excuse for why you you could go in, you know, being appropriately skeptical of anything on the Internet, but also jump in and, and try to help support things. And that thanks, Rick, you know, because that made me feel better by you saying that. <laughs> well, I want him to he, he, he you know, he, he should know, too, if he's you know listening to this, which I'm sure he is, that that that's you know, that's just what anybody does. You just kind of go, well, you know, here's another website. And as you said, when an interview was done. It's two. It's two weeks old. It's live two weeks. That's very new, but it's also 
because it's new, it's exciting and it's worth seeing where it goes. And I, I'm sure it's already grown since you recorded that podcast. So that interview, I mean, so, um, so anyway, that's all. It wasn't just an excuse for you. It's also just to support the idea that, you know, it's worth it to, to, to be careful about what you jump into, but to also support things. So. Yeah. And, and I love it when they, when it's the idea that I love, you know, the fact that it's not just another, you know, forum where people, you know, start complaining about certain things, et cetera. And I just love that. I just love the fact it's so darn positive. That That's just terrific. Uh, you know, you know what, you know what I love, Carl? I'm mm-hmm. sorry. Sorry to interrupt. What I really liked about your interview with him, and, and you know, for <laughs> so everybody knows, I mean, some of us just listened to that interview about you know five minutes before we started this podcast. But uh, so I haven't signed up yet. But uh, you know, I, I want to look more into it. I just love the passion, like you're saying, you're getting from from Sene. I mean, here he is. He's 20 years old. He's flying in. Was it Belgium? Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Belgium? Yeah. And and we all know how expensive flying is over in Europe. We hear about it all the time in all the aviation magazines. And certainly, you know, not not many of us had a whole lot of money to fly when we were 20. So the, the way that, that a lot of Europeans do it is they get heavily into soaring and gliding. And some of us have a little bit of soaring time under our belts. And it's just fantastic. He's he loves aviation, and he's doing what he can, uh, given you know the constraints of time and money and such, and and giving you know, us a view of of some of his passion and helping us to develop ours. So I really thought that was that was a pretty neat aspect of your of your interview. I I think that the other thing too is that one of my favorite parts of it that you just touched on is the fact that I didn't feel like I was speaking with someone overseas. Everything he was ta- saying could be used here in, in the United States. We're all here in the United States. The fact that he wants to decrease his cost in flying and that gliding is a wonderful way to do that or soaring. And, and I, I love that he did that, and that's a, that's inspired, I think, a lot of people that have listened to it to, to move forward in that. And that's inspired me. I'm still trying to finish up the gliding. I know, Tom, Tom, you're, you're doing some gliding training right now, are you not? I did. I had a, I had a few flights in, and uh, I think I, I don't know, I think I got close to 10 flights in, 10. and maybe, I don't know, right around the three-hour mark or something like that. You so know, just I, I did about things. that same myself early on. Oh, yeah, really? and I, I got just through solo when I was about nineteen, so that's obviously been a few years. But <laughs> but uh, <laughs> it was it was lots of good fun. I loved it. And Carl, before you move on, um, as you guys were talking here, I went through and I did the registration process. So I just got signed on. It took me eh, right at about three minutes. Yeah, me and too. It was, the, the whole process was done. Yeah. So I'm the slacker now is what you guys are saying. I'll, I'll try to catch up. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, well, you were talking. You had a podcast to do. There you go. Okay. <laughs> And by the way, uh, thanks to the kind comments on the website, This his article that was done uh, recently, I think it was before or after our interview, about the different podcasts you should listen to as a student pilot, we were actually included in that. So that was very, very nice of him to do that. Uh, and I hope we're, we're bringing some value. And, uh, and that's what we try to do here at, at Stuck Mike. But, you know, it's interesting that we've all just signed up for this, and it's brand new. We're, we're all, you know, a little bit skeptical and hope it moves forward. But keeping it going is always the most difficult in anything. Like, if you have something new and you want to keep it moving forward, and I think Rick, t- Rich, Rick touched on that, too. And, and the one comment I want to make towards that that's 
that's really prescient towards aviation is the fact that, you know, it's a marathon. If you're right now listening and you're, you're going through your training, it doesn't happen overnight. You know, like we just said, it, it, it's, it's really something that's a marathon and you have to stick to it. And, uh, and don't look at it as, as a kind of like, oh, I want to go fly and then, then give up when you realize that, hey, it, it takes a little more effort. And it is. It's tough. But keep moving forward, just like hopefully Senna is doing uh, with his, his new website. So the best of luck to him. Uh, I think I can't wait to see how it evolves. And I, I can't wait to have Senna on again a year from now and see that he has like a million users or something like that. So that's pretty cool. So thanks to Senna for, for coming here. And uh, – and really, I think, too, we, we need to, to see more of that, more people that are passionate about aviation and passionate about business and putting it together. He did all that programming by himself. That was really cool on the website. Uh, just a real sharp young person there that, uh, that has done something really good for aviation. We thank him for that. Well, anyways, uh, I think that's it for that topic. We, uh, we hope you go out there to hangar.flights. Moving on to the next topic, it was actually uh, Rick Felty uh, is the one that brought this to my attention. I know we've all seen the, the newsletter. So, so Rick, what, would yeah. you be willing to introduce uh, the next topic yeah. that we're going to talk about here? Yeah, I just uh, happened upon a story about um, – it's actually the, it's an article that was uh, on the web called Flying Photobombs. Um, and it's, uh, it was on medium.com and it was basically, um, the, the issue, it, it's, it's a small discussion about a, about a broader issue. Um, but the, the discussion was specifically pilots and the selfie generation. That was the subtitle of, uh, or the title of it. And, um, the issue is, is sort of, you know, the, the growing availability, I think of cameras in the cockpit to be specific and the, and the tendency of everybody in their lives to, or especially young people, perhaps, to take pictures of themselves doing things, to selfies, to, you know, here I am, I'm doing this great thing. And the, the intense sort of desire to take selfies in and around aviation, um, which, which is, you know, is, is a, it shows enthusiasm, shows <laughs> excitement for the passion for, for doing it, but also, um, you know, can raise some issues with regard to focus and distractions and other things uh, when, when inappropriate. So um, I just thought it was a good discussion to have, maybe because pe- panelists here will have some uh, expertise in the area regarding uh, the rules. Um, and I certainly can speak to wanting to capture flying and having concerns about, you know, I, I, I we can get into mo- some of the things I wanted to try to do, but didn't think I could or should. And I think I made the right decision, but I was definitely, you know, kind of an early user uh, of, of some of the smaller cameras as they were coming around. And now, you know, now that's, it's crazy, you know. Obviously, everybody's phone, <laughs> among other things. So, anyway, that was the topic, and in and it also it it's you know it involves phones and the you know making calls and and you know using other dis- potentially distracting technology that is now small enough to have uh, in our pockets while flying. Well, Rick, so you, that's, you, you really started this whole thing with I think as far I used to call them the Rick Felty videos, uh, mm-hmm. where it was almost like a. You know, like exactly what they're talking about, but with more, yeah. I think, sophisticated equipment. And right. and we'll, we'll talk a little bit about some of the things that you've done and I'm sure the decisions you made as far as where you needed to place your cameras and when you should do that and, and, yeah. and what type of equipment you should have on uh, yeah. during your flying. So that, that's something that's really important. Yeah, uh, I mean, this, for sure. 
this kind of this is it, this is a little more somewhat more nuanced than that. It's going towards what you said, the next generation of millennials and and taking pictures of themselves. And I think that is wonderful that you're trying to share your passion for flight. But boy, I tell you, you have to be super duper careful uh, about when and how and where you do that. I know uh, flying for the airlines, we of course always want to share our photos, and we've seen some of those incredible videos on the internet of people flying in the cockpit in an airliner taking off and landing and that's a whole nother topic of discussion but you you primarily would see that being done by somebody who else that's in the cockpit setting up the equipment or holding the equipment that type of thing um, and there's some issues with what type of equipment with the selfie generation I think millennials, whatever we, we want to say. I mean, we all are kind of like to be take selfies, et cetera, and, and share them. One of the other issues that comes into play is how do we get that photograph from where our camera is to the Internet quickly? And I think we have to be careful uh, there, too, because there are some other issues as far as moving it from our phone and to the Internet and what's legal in an airplane. So let's start there. Let's start uh, about talking about what we what we should do and what we can do in an airplane. I think it's a great idea to take photographs uh, in an aircraft, uh, but as long as you do it safely, because I think we should all try to, to share our passion for aviation. Uh, and I also find that the use of these smaller phones uh, is, is absolutely terrific. And I'll tell you why. This just happened to me, and, and I, this is a great, great example. Uh, last week, I was having a problem with the windshield heat on the aircraft that I was flying, and I, I couldn't describe the type of noise that it was making, right? So I was like, hey, wait a minute. I've got a cell phone that has a recorder on it. So I was able to actually record what was happening uh, with that noise. And when the mechanics came to troubleshoot, they were able to, to use this device and this recording to troubleshoot the problem. I used it in that case. I used it in other cases where something happens. I can take a picture of it. Whether I'm doing a walk around on an airplane, I can take a picture and email it and send it to somebody and say, hey, listen, here's, here's an issue. Should we be doing that during a flight, taking photographs? Well, that's, that's, another, that's a whole other ballgame, another issue as far as, as paying attention, et cetera. So let's, let's back up to, to that and, and what we can do in an airplane. Uh, I don't know if, if, Russ, you want to discuss this a little bit as far as uh, FARs and, and maybe discuss what you teach your pilots. And also, Tom, I want to hear what you talk to about with your, pilot, your uh, students because I, I'm not so much in the, the CFI realm as, as giving uh, advice to people that are learning and in the cockpit. Uh, so we'll start with Russ. I want to ask Russ, uh, you know, what is it that you tell your students about using these devices in the, in the aircraft and, and taking these pictures? Well, sure, and I don't think you're going to get a whole lot of uh, disagreement between any of us. Or I'm sure Tom isn't going to say a whole lot different than I'm going to say. But the whole idea, of course, the main problem is avoiding unnecessary distractions, right? I mean, yes, we we fake creating distractions uh, during pilot training. Uh, instructors do it, examiners do it to see how well the uh, the student or the applicant can deal with distractions that dropped pen or whatever but but this is <laughs> for for training on un uh, intended distractions right we're not we're certainly not trying to practice how to get away with being distracted right. and and a lot of the the whole selfie thing can be distracting I mean we have a a really fantastic 
uh, vocation, avocation, hobby. Uh, all of us do. Almost everybody kind of probably listen to this podcast really loves aviation. And then we get to see some really incredible things and do some really incredible things. And it's really great to be able to share that. And like you were saying, Carl, share that passion with others. But we have to do it safely. And, th- and that's what I, I do uh, teach my students. They, you know, they want to get a picture of something neat. Well, first of all, I'll say, hey, let me take it. <laughs> you know, you're flying. I'll do it. So, so that, that's kind of number one, though, right? Um, if you're flying and you've got someone else on board, let them take the, the picture of you. I guess someone else taking a picture of you isn't really a selfie, but it's close enough, okay? So uh, let, let them take the picture, and you concentrate on flying. Um, second, Cruise flight is one thing. Cruise flight is probably fine, uh, unless you're particularly busy and occupied with navigation or something. That's probably okay, not as distracting. But let's not break out the camera and, and take a picture of the runway as you're on short final, as cool as that might look, you know, and uh, yeah, sometimes it's tempting. Wow, look at the, the 50-foot tree right at the end. I'm going to get a picture of this so I can show people whatever. So, But not on final. Have someone else do it. Don't don't be taking selfies on takeoff or any other any other high workload situation, really. And I, I think a lot of it is is just being reasonable with that. Uh, with that, I almost said the word common sense, but I, I don't want to say that, right? So uh, it, it's just that's okay. Just, we were we were all thinking it. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. But you know, it, it's 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 not so common necessarily, and that's that's not just a, a joke. You know, what's common yeah. sense to one person is not really necessarily to another. A lot of that is learned behavior. So. Uh, but being reasonable, thinking, you know, okay, I'm going to take the selfie. If instead of the selfie, would I choose to, you know, hunt around on the floor for my pen? If the answer is no, I don't want to be hunting around the floor for right. my pen in this situation, then right. maybe I shouldn't be taking a selfie at at this moment either. So yeah, that's that's a good, uh, that's a good yeah. Point so so just just step a mo- back a moment, and think, and like I said, if you got other people in the airplane, hey, knock yourself out. They could take as many as they want, but if you're the only pilot. Maybe uh, maybe today is not the day to, to get that great picture of the of your technique in that crosswind landing, right? So, so you're saying to them, listen, if you want to take your selfie, take a picture. Have someone else take a picture. The uh, and especially in those high workload environments, or how about letting the uh, camera and it talk? You know, we talk about preflighting our, our equipment. Let the camera take the picture. And I tell you, yeah, there, I, there's somebody I here that knows how to do that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Rick. I mean. Yeah, so so I've got a lot of great pictures over my shoulder, you know, at the threshold. But those were all video frames, you know. So the camera's just running, and I sure. grab them later. And it's a, it, you know, and it and and so as a result, it ends up looking like. You know, it's the moment you were talking about. Except I wasn't doing anything active. I was just flying the plane and got it later. If if it looked cool, you know. So yeah, there's plenty of ways to do that for sure. So, it's not necessarily a selfie, but it can be. You know, you can, you can frame them differently. Did you now when you put this yeah. equipment together? I'd imagine yeah. there's got to be times when it distracted you. Yeah. So there's a yeah. There's a lot of ways to to talk about this. I mean, what I one of you know one of the things I used to joke about is my pre-flight got really long because besides pre-flighting the plane, I had to set up cameras and, you know, that just added, it's not, not like it's a huge amount of work, but I, you know, I'm a, so I'm a TV guy and generally an interesting mix of cameras is three angles. And I definitely, you know, so I thought about that and depending on the plane, I put generally put one pretty well behind me as centered in the plane as I could looking over the nose, because that's kind of the shot you want a lot of the time. Um, I tried to, uh, look out a wing, usually the the wing, uh, the passenger side wing. 
opposite me. And then somewhere near me, on either side, one way or the other, I tried to get me in the frame because I thought that was useful, especially because I was also recording audio. And so watching me talk, um, I thought was help, was probably helpful. And, and watching me look around in certain situations and all that was uh, was a, was good for showing you know, the, the base, you know, what the, the essentials of flying. Um, and yeah, so that part's fine. And you set it up ahead of time and, and, uh, just, just before starting up, I, you know, roll all the cameras and then in theory, <laughs> that's the last I do until, um, you know, until parked somewhere, um, but, you know, back on the ground in practice, there were probably a couple of cases, not that many where, and, and I, I the, the details aren't crucial, but a couple of cameras were, were suction mounted to windows. Um, and one of them ha- had a grip, a kind of a clamp mount that was mounted to headrest pole. Um, the one that was sort of behind me and, um, and it had a couple other tightened uh, angles on it. And one of those gave way once and the camera just didn't fall on me or didn't fall over, but it's, it tipped over. Well, uh, you know, then what do you do? Do you, does the flight not become when you videotape? Are you in cruise and can you reach and realign it? You know, that becomes one of those moments where, you know, do, is, does the workload mean I should ignore that or not? Um, and, and, and it did raise the question of if the suction mount lets go and it's close enough to, um, you know, the yoke or, or whatever, you know, side stick in the case of the Cirrus, um, what would it do? What would it do? You know, and could it bounce somewhere that would get near something that would become pretty quickly a bigger incident? And that, you know, that never happened to me, and I and I think the where I had them was always in a pretty safe position that it wouldn't it would not have created an incident. But it's it's something worth thinking about. Um, so that that's sort of in in a nutshell. So I ended up with all these cameras, and they all had interesting angles depending on what the plane was doing. Um, and uh, later I could grab some some fun frames. It's not as not as high quality as a frame grab as it would be from you know with a with even a camera phone these days, um, or, or, or a 35 millimeter, you know, a nicer still camera, but, but plenty good to show, you know, show the thing you want to show people. Here's what it looks like when I, when you're near this or when you're above this. So, um, uh, it, that worked out great. Um, but I definitely thought about it a lot and I, and I was trying, I was, I was very tempted to want to take video and yet at the same time was trying to be very cautious about how to apply it. Um, and and I have other thoughts on some things I wanted to try, and I stopped myself. But we can talk about that. So, Rick, I, I'm trying to understand now. All the all the yeah. equipment was uh, was mounted, but did you ever use uh, any type of a portable device in your hand when you were doing this? Uh, well, no, generally not. I will so, tell you that on. Well, go ahead. No, I was going to say. So you actually everything was mounted, but you but mounted, but you you say generally not. So go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, so in terms of video, no, for sure, no. I mean, it was all just it was all mounted because to add a handheld uh, camera into the mix, um, uh, you only get part of the, You know, you're not you're not videotaping the entire flight, the takeoff and land. It's it's an inconsistent part of a whole. It's hard to make. You know, you could cut it in, but. But it, it's not enough, and there were there weren't situations where I suddenly went, oh, I better get that, and um, and also I had turned my phone on, you know, on airplane mode. I thought well, I'm not gonna, I don't need my phone, and I wasn't using my phone in a way that I needed it to be active, so I put it away. Um, so so no, I didn't grab anything manually to do videotaping. I will say, on um, some long cross countries where things were, you know, where I was in airspace that was, you know, empty and I was, you know, in a cruise mode. Um, I had set a couple of, on a couple of trips, I had my 35 millimeter, um, camera with a wide angle lens on it on the passenger seat. And it was set 
you know, pretty well set to focus, you know, set to focus. So I picked it up and, you know, and just, and did a selfie. I didn't look at it, but I, I wanted to get a higher quality shot and I just held it out to my side and went click, 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 and dealt with it later. So I did, I, and I, you know, I did have that camera with me a few times, um, never in takeoff and landing and, and, you know, and it was definitely, I was aware of when I could tolerate dealing with it and when I, when I shouldn't. And mostly I, I, I didn't take that many pictures with it, but, but I did occasionally have it. Yeah. As a still camera. So it sounds like, you know, both from, from Rick, who's the student pilot, then you had Russ, who's... Well, you know, let me the, just the, say, I, I, I actually didn't do much of that stuff... As a student? As a student. Okay. Just, uh, I mean, because because I knew, I knew I was overwhelmed, you know, I mean, it, I was a student, and everybody knows what that means, generally, you know, all of us, it's, I, I couldn't even have tolerated it, uh, uh, figuring that out. So, really, there are no, uh, there might be one early video late in my process with a teacher with a CFI with someone else with me where we shot a video, you know, on a lesson, but, um, never alone. And although I said cross country, it was a cross country for me as a private pilot, you know, those one things I was talking about a minute ago. So, um, it's interesting. I know students are trying to do that, especially on the, you know, when there's no teacher and, and no CFI in there and all that. I just don't know how they, I don't, I couldn't imagine doing that when I was, um, you know, learning. Cause I, it, it was all I could do to, to do what I did. <laughs> you know what I mean? Sure. So it wasn't until afterwards and I, and I got a little more comfortable that I started, um, you know, experimenting with how to branch out into the video thing, just to clarify it was, and I remember noticing that I went, wow, I wish I kind of wish I had shots of me when I was learning. Nah, kind of glad I don't. <laughs> but it seems to be evolving. It seems that more and more students are using uh, video yeah, and they are. it's gotten smaller and I think they're, yeah, they are. And, and actually, it is good if you can videotape your lesson, et cetera. Uh, but, you, you know, one of the things that we have to stress, and I think uh, Russ wanted me to bring this up, is that the, there are different rules as far as what we do in the airlines, Part 91, et cetera. And, and I'm just going to say that they're, they're different, not the 121, 135 world. We're not going to talk about that because that's in your off specs. Amazingly enough, uh, just as a side note, we can actually use our portable electronic devices uh, while we're flying, but we have to have them in airplane mode. Uh, while we're taxing, we can we normally have to have them turned off, but we can use them. Uh, say we're going to call somebody because we have a mechanical problem or we need to talk to somebody, but we do that in with using specific operation uh, specifications. For instance, if I'm going to call somebody on the phone uh, and use that telephone to discuss something, I have to make sure that I'm parked and have the parking brake on and I'm calling concerning a mechanical issue that I have to get fixed. If I'm doing, and we call that kind of, you know, this, or we do call this, the, the, we're not in a sterile environment anymore. We're now able to have, have that parking brake set and we're no longer distracted because we're not moving, we're not taxing. In flight, also, we can use other devices like your iPad and your iPhone to look up things, again, in airplane mode, but we can connect to the Internet if we have Wi-Fi. As pilots flying the airplane, we are actually connected to the Internet and allowed to use the Internet, but only for certain things, only for things like that are operationally necessary. So, so for instance, we can't go on and start you know, scrolling through the Wall Street Journal and reading the Wall Street Journal as we're flying, but we can look up weather that's specific to our route. And we're encouraged to do that, of course, and it's a great tool. 
which 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 is better than it used to be not that many years oh, ago. Oh man, it right? is so cool. I tell you, I you know I was just using it the other day trying to fly around all those storms uh, down in Florida and up the coast up into Boston, and it was just wonderful to see where everything was and and use a different type of strategy to get around that weather by having the weather pulled up on a screen instead of me having to call dispatch or text dispatch yeah. using eight cars. My guess is there was a period where, as a pilot, you and people like you had less access to stuff than some of the passengers behind you. Oh, de- yeah. Possibly. You you're, know, until they right. allowed it. I, that's right. probably what caused them to allow it. Like, wait a minute. <laughs> this guy's back there can look at weather radar and, you know, so. Well, but, I, Carl, the real, the real question is can you take – can you, as in, uh, in your day job, take a selfie as you're flying that airplane? Depending Since on where you are. That's what we're talking about. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Depending yeah. on if you're in a sterile environment or not. Uh, you know, if if you're not in in a uh, if you're if you are are now parked with a parking brake on, et cetera, you can do that. But it's it's you got to understand too. I work for an airline, and so does everybody else. And you have to be careful what you do. There's there's more regulations as far as what we what will happen to us if we share a selfie while we're taxing, while we're parked, et cetera, because of the fact that it's it's a perception. You know, here's somebody who's flying or taxing the airplane, and now they're taking a picture, and and they're becoming distracted. Uh, the the question, you know, for instance, the the uh, the photograph that I'm taking for operational purposes. Remember, I was I was talking about doing audio and taking a picture of something in the cockpit that broke. For instance, I did that when something broke. That's different, and that's good that we do that. But doing selfies and and being distracted now, you you only can be actually just looking at things that are specific to that flight, and and you really shouldn't be taking pictures. So what do I do when I want to have my picture taken? Anybody want to guess? I have somebody else take it. And who is that somebody else? It's not one of the crew members. Remember, we have those people in the jump seat, and I, I usually ask them, hey, listen, can you take a picture of me? You know, so we want I, I make sure that I'm not being distracted uh, by myself taking a picture. And it's tough because you, you want to share pictures. Um, and when you're breaking out, it's like, gosh, I wish I could get a photo of this, of doing a, a you know, flying into minimums. I wanted to get a picture of myself flying into St. Martin, which was and I actually have it. Well, what was really cool is I had a jump seat. I was like, hey, listen, take this picture, please. And uh, and I got to get a picture finally. Uh, otherwise, no. Oh. And cool. uh, so, so the other the, the other point is, you know, taking photographs in an aircraft. Are we allowed to do that? And yes, we can, but there's very specific rules around that, uh, and it's a lot tighter than than uh, in the general aviation world. Uh, but but with that said, I think those rules that we use are pretty good as far as making sure we're not distracted. Uh, buy all this stuff in the aircraft, not not just the electronic, personal electronic devices and, and the photographs and the selfies, but also the, all the other stuff that we have now. Now we have this GPS. Remember the days when that came out? And we were like, oh, my God, we're going to all get distracted. And, and yes, it is. And it, and it does. It distracts you. But we learned how to deal with that, didn't we? We're, in some cases, doing not so good of a job, but usually uh, we, we do a great job now because we've learned to go back to our basics of aviate, navigate, and communicate. And, uh, and I think in every checklist we should have something that says cell phones off or check your cell phones because that's another distraction is when you lose that cell phone and it drops. Um, and I personally feel you should not have your cell phone on and take phone calls until you get to the, to the gate, park the plane, and turn it off. And I had a uh, – this is a long time ago. I had a, a captain. We landed. He had like 10 phone messages. It turned out that his, uh, his child actually had passed away. 
and we're taxing the gate and he found out that this child passed away as we're taxing the gate it was i had to take over for a while to to actually tax the airplane and i wish that person never picked up that phone uh that is an incredible incredible distraction uh and you know i felt so sorry for the person but really it would have been better just to find that out when we got to the gate park the you know parking brake on that kind of thing and that that happened a long time ago and i always always think about that uh and and what i felt like when when that was happening it was very emotional and uh it also was a learning experience because you can truly get distracted you know by any you can get distracted by a text not just a phone call right and yeah. uh, say hey i was fired today on by text you know it's like oh no <laughs> that's not a good thing uh so so the rules are, are totally different, and also what we teach our students how to deal with this technology, is that's, that's very, very important. Uh, Tom, I was wondering also from you, what, what is it that you, you try to tell your students? How, I was just wondering, since you know, Russ has talked about and Rick has kind of gone over what he did as a private pilot, what do, what do you kind of relate to your students as far as using those electronic devices and, and taking pictures? Yeah, and, and what's been discussed already is uh, avoiding those distractions, you know, um, and I try to address it with my students, you know, that um, taking your phone out and taking pictures of yourself while you're trying to operate an aircraft is probably not a good idea, you know, so having a passenger or, um, you know, even Rick was talking about having the, the mounted cameras and stuff like that, and yeah. they're, they're like the set it and forget it thing, as long as they're um, not a distraction to uh, successfully completing the flight, um, I usually, um, I've put... Um, um, like uh, camera mounts in between on on the roof of the aircraft behind us, so that even if it fell, it would fall into the back seat and nothing, nobody, no harm, no foul. Right. You know, and and it right. gives you an awesome perspective. And I've used that camera angle for myself uh, when I was going through and and working on my commercial and my CFI. It was awesome to get um, you know great feedback after a fight flight to come home and and um, analyze that stuff and see how well I was doing and what I can do to improve. So um, I, I believe there is a use for it as long as it's done um, with uh, the safety of flight in mind uh, to be paramount. I'm one, so, Tom, have you ever recorded flights using an external mounted? Uh, maybe I shouldn't ask. Do you know of anybody that's used external mounted cameras? Yes, and, uh, and and you know there's there's actually some uh, some several flight schools that that are out there um, that are uh, online based that are doing just that they have external mounted cameras um, and taking uh, different camera angles um, I've seen mounts from the wing looking back towards the fuselage I've seen them underneath uh, the empennage I've seen them up on top of the tail and and taking all sorts of different camera angles like that again the, these were you know really coordinated and and done um, with a lot of uh, forethought so that it wouldn't affect the flight in any way shape or form and uh you know and it's used as a teaching tool yeah and i assume since it is in that context it's um it's it's legal it's le it's done in a legal manner which which is also touched on in the article i had which is right. there are there are ways to attach cameras that are not so cool and there are official ways and depending on how you do it um it, it requires different approvals or whatever so which is i was going to touch on this this is when I was doing what I was doing, I was having fun doing these videos and flying, enjoying the whole thing. But I, but the next step, the next thing I wanted to do was get outside the plane, looking back. And um, but it was a, you know, I rented. I knew that I as one thing, I rented the plane, so it couldn't be a permanent. It, you know, I'm not going to make a permanent installation and go down that. that it wasn't my plane. And, and, it, and, and pretty much my thought you know, at the time, and still is, any temporary installation has the, has the likelihood or risk of falling off. And that 
there's nothing about that that sounds okay, you know, to me on a number of levels, you know, in terms of hitting the plane if it move if it becomes dis you know dis dislodged from the plane or you know fall and, and or falling down and hitting other things and they touch on that in the article and I was kind of glad to read that because I saw these angles out there not a lot of them but there was starting to be more and more of them and I was jealous and but I never got very close to even thinking I would try it because everything in me said this isn't cool so I never did it so if you're if you're going to do an external mount which you can you just have to make sure you do it properly, as you've read in the article. And yeah. and my advice to anybody is that if you don't know, ask. And sometimes you can actually get a field approval. Uh, you go to the FAA and they can do it very quickly and say, yeah, you can go ahead. That's fine. Perfect. Looks good. Then there's there's that other edge where, you know what, you're actually doing uh, a repair to the aircraft. Uh, not a minor, but a major alteration and repair, and that's right. a whole other ballgame. And, right. and some some different camera mounts, you may need an STC for that, a supplemental type certificate, which anybody can do. It's a little bit of work, but anybody can do that. And, and if you right. come up with an awesome mount, heck, get an STC and sell it. Well, I get that. I get that schools doing it are doing it, you know, by the book, which is right. great, and and I get why that is a great thing to do, teaching tool and whatever. But I am aware, just not at the external thing, but I was going to just jump in earlier. Oh, I'm aware of a flight school in the in the Boston area that at one point said no cameras, or if if uh, they may have said no no student cameras, you know, you're not doing it. Maybe we'll do it. Maybe the CFI will do it, but nobody. I think they stopped that. And, and I think it was because there was becoming a thing that was, uh, this is my understanding of it, that, that was, you know, there was too much of it. <laughs> so, Right. So they're doing it from, from more of a safety and a distraction point of view, probably. Yeah. And For at the student, with the student wanting to do it, sort of saying, eh, no, we, we, you, you can't do that. We're going to, you know, we'll handle that if we do it at all. Well, that's, You're here to learn. You know? Which, I, you know, yeah, I think it makes sense. They're in that position to to control that because it's their school. So, Yeah, that's interesting. I, you know, one of the things, and, and I know we're, we're kind of running out of time here, but this is an awesome discussion, and i got a feeling we're going to have more about this. One of the things that the FAA is trying to do, and, of course, being involved in the safety program uh, with the FAA and the FAAsafety.gov, if you go there, there's lots of discussions and lots of classes you can take about getting distracted in the cockpit. We started years ago with getting distracted with new GPSs. Remember when Loran came out? Uh, well, maybe I'm showing my age, but the you know everybody was like, oh, that's going to be too distracting. And then we, we go to the GPSs. Now we have all these other devices. I think they are all great, and they're wonderful tools if used properly. And uh, you know that I, I remember when we got iPads in the cockpit. I, the airline I fly for, we have, no, we have nothing. There's no paper. It's all electronic, and obviously we have many backups for that, and I think it's wonderful, uh, but it also comes with uh, a little bit of responsibility, making sure your devices are powered up, making sure that they're updated, and that is where we talk about pre-flighting our tools and pre-flighting all of our devices. Uh, that's become a more important thing. It's not just the airplane. You know, so that's that's really really awesome, and uh, no, Tom. I guess Tom asked me if I was a, if I was around when Loran came out. No, but I do remember Loran in the seventies and and marking uh, <laughs> marking different uh, traps and stuff like that when I when I did lobster many 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 moons ago. Uh, that's kind of phased out even uh, within the, uh, the nautical world, which is very much uh, very similar to our world in navigation. It's made things much safer using GPS and, and navigating around. So uh, that's pretty cool. 
<clears throat> yeah, but, Carl, uh, it was <laughs> it was developed in World War II. So if you were flying in the air of Loran. Well, you don't know how old you look, I am. You look great, Carl. You look great, Carl. <laughs> you don't know how old I am. You look great. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks. You know, I do have gray hair. But uh, anyway, the uh, – and It's pre- premature. Yes, yeah. <laughs> But um, but anyway, uh, Rick, you had something you wanted to mention, I think, about the mounting of the aircraft. On, or, no, I just we were discussing, uh, you know, the issue, and and I don't know the rules. Although the article had some pretty, it was what you touched on. There are some, spe- you know, specific things, which is temporary temporary installations, general outside, you know, on the outside line, not cool at all. Um, minimal, non-invasive, non-structural change. Things can be handled, but in any but in any case, approval. It says bottom line is that all attachments require some sort of approval. Um, so, and you know, so it's they're saying basically, if you have a question, call your you know your local FISDO. So right, and they may not have the answer. They may have to go even no. further to find out. You know, if, right. if, if if it can be approved. By the way, we are all the the thing we're talking about here. If you're you're listening, is is the FAA safety briefing. I really highly recommend people reading this every issue from cover to cover, and you can e- easily find that. We'll have a link to it, by the way, the FAA safety briefing. But just go to the FAA's.gov website and just search on safety briefing. Uh, and actually, you could just go to search and do FA safety briefing. You'll find it. Really great articles, wonderful people, really cool pictures, and uh, all these articles can be shared. So if you have a blog or something, you can share these. This is a government document, uh, and it has some really neat articles that are fun too. It's it's not just all about FA, uh, about safety, but there's some really neat historical and, and fun articles out there. Uh, and but, Carl, I, I I believe that there's a way to have it even delivered to your email box every time they come out with a new one. And that's that's awesome. I'm glad you brought that up, Tom, because you can just sign up uh, on their newsletter, and it is it is delivered to you, and you can get notifications too, and have it downloaded. But just there's so such a wealth of information now that the FAA is putting out there as far as safety is concerned, and. And I think what we've touched on tonight is is really cool. I mean, I I'm really excited about seeing more pictures from the cockpit, but I'm also excited about uh, teaching people about how to do it safely. And I think that's that's kind of like what we've done here. We've put the two together, and I've learned a lot about about this from from just listening to Rick. I mean, Rick has a ton of experience uh, putting these together and pre-flying. He's kind of you know I, how long ago did you start doing this, Rick? I'm trying to remember as far as the videos. Uh... I don't know, it's six, five, six years ago? Yeah, I mean... I have, look, I have to look on the wall at some things that are dated. <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> but, um, yeah, and it was the very first... Well, it doesn't... Long story. Technology... You know, there was... Uh, Go, GoPro didn't exist. You know, it was, none of that had happened yet. Um, you know, camera phones were, were there, but not near... You know, barely. <laughs> so, yeah, it's... it's, it's uh, I remember being on a flight... My, you know where I thought, oh, I'm going to mount my phone because the phone had finally gotten so good that it was a, it was HD. I don't remember which one that was, and um, I didn't end up using it because it was too. I didn't want to not have my phone, you know, easily available on landing and stuff. But um, yeah, it's been a while. So interesting. Where, can stuff. can we still see those videos? Or are they? Yeah, yeah, there? they're all still at my YouTube page. Which if you look up, um, I think it's RD Felty. Okay, well, <laughs> I haven't we'll been have there a in a while. We'll have yeah, a link we'll send the, the link. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. They're all there. It's a lot of good stuff. Yeah, a lot of fun stuff. I love it. I, it's it's just nice. I actually I love watching it too, and I still do every yeah. so often. I'll pull. It I up. should post a few of those to the to this uh, young man's site to the great the idea. flying. Yeah, the hangar flights. Cool. I think that's a great idea. 
Well, gosh, yeah. I, I, guys, I, I oh. think we could talk about this all night. I, I could, we can go. There are so many different stories we could discuss, and I think we should bring this up again sometime in the near future. Uh, but I, I'm glad, Rick, that you brought this up. I think this is an yeah. awesome topic, and it's kind of up your alley because you know you're the you're the multimedia guy, and and you understand what distractions are like. And I think having a production right. background uh, really helped when you were putting yeah. this together. Yeah, it did. No, it, it, it did. It also, I mean, I like, I like the process. I mean, I'm interested in the visuals. Part of flying for me and many people I assume is the, is the visuals, what you get to see. And then sharing that with friends and family who don't do it in the same way, you know, was fun. So, and, and the, the fact that the channel did pretty well on YouTube, you know, I have a lot of views and I think people either students, you know, I went on YouTube a lot and I still do if I, you know, when I, and planning a flight is there an approach video somewhere right. you know has someone already done this so i can watch that approach if i've never been to that airport more and more that's now possible you know my channel alone has a lot of new england covered in terms of different airports so there's a lot of good things that come from it and um and it's all and as long as we're safe uh it's a great additional tool if, you know if everybody uses it correctly yeah i agree and I just get excited when I see it. I think we're all visual. You know, I had a flight attendant come into the cockpit the other day and said to me, do you ever get sick of looking at this? I said, no. I said, I, I, look, I look at it on the, on the online. I watch, I watch some Rick Felty videos. I said, you got to go check these out uh, in the small plane. And, and I'm hopefully, hopefully I got to hear, I should hope I hear back from her and see if she got interested in aviation because she was thinking about flying. So I, I do send people to those and there's so many of them out there. So neat stuff, Rick. And, and, and thanks again for all that. Uh, by the way, uh, picks of the week this week is our next item, yeah. but we don't have them because, uh, you know, Senna, he actually was so nice to come on and talk about uh, hangar.flights so that is our pick of the week is is hangar.flights and i think we can all agree that that's that's a wonderful place in a, in a neat new society you're going to hopefully see more of uh posts by our us all the co-hosts here on that on that website speaking of photographs you know we we have a kind of a newest new uh photo contributor to the podcast and i've mentioned her a few times and uh she's a little bit shy but uh super nice person and somebody who's incredibly inspirational. We've actually talked about having her on, and she has an incredible special story, but she also takes some amazing photographs, and that's Pilot Mandy. And she has a really neat Instagram account, uh, Instagram.com Pilot Mandy. Just uh, I'll, I'll have a link in the show notes. Go check out those pictures. Come to the podcast, to the, to the webpage, see what she's done, link to her account there. I had no clue, like I said, and I know Tom – uh, worked and Russ worked with her at Sun and Fun Radio. I had no idea that she had been had some paralysis in her arm and couldn't use it to fly. And uh, I had no idea either, Carl. I, yeah, yeah, that was news to me. I, yeah, you're right. I worked with her, met her, and you know, did didn't affect uh, anything she did. So she did anything she did. <laughs> yeah, and 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 does anything she does now. And, yeah. And I was kind of shocked when I first saw her doing things and, and said, hey, how, why is she not using her other arm? And said, well, because she can't lift her arm that high to take the photograph, et cetera. And she does some, some amazing work. So we're getting her hooked up with a camera. We're going to have her go out to air shows and start taking pictures for us. She is someone who's truly passionate about aviation, and that's the type of person we like to have on air. She has agreed to come on at some point. Uh, she's working up to it, and, and I'm sure it's going to be an incredible story. Just look at her website and uh, what she's been through. So... 
uh, in her past and also trying to fulfill all of her goals in life. She really has done that. And that's the type of person that we, we love to promote, uh, just like with Sene over at Hangar Flights. The After Landing Checklist. Well, guys, hey, appreciate you all coming here tonight and talking about this topic. And Rick just knocked it out of the park. Just a terrific uh, idea on the topic for this evening. Uh, I'm sure we're going to have to discuss this again. If you have comments on this, again, go to our Facebook page, our Twitter account, and also to our website at stuckmikeavcast.com. You can find everything at stuckmikeavcast on Twitter and stuckmikeavcast on Facebook. And and leave a comment and and. You can email us, too, in the contact page, uh, but start a discussion. We all kind of go out there and take a look at the comments in there, and we'll respond to you online. So if there's something you've heard here today and you want to you know, ask a question or make a suggestion, go there and check it out. Also, don't forget to uh, visit our sponsors, uh, aviationcareerspodcast.com and aerospacescholarships.com. They, uh, they allow us to, to bring the program to you. And, uh, and as a matter of fact, uh, I don't think we mentioned this, uh, in passing, but we have just uh, met our five-year anniversary. So, terrific guys! And and Rick, I know you here. Yeah. Here from the beginning, uh, it's been it's <laughs> that's been great. I, I I was thinking, oh, well, I should ask you. Or we're we're right on that, which yes. is pretty cool. Yeah, it's yeah. been it's been an awesome ride. Uh, yeah. having started with with that idea from Len Costa about doing this and yeah. and providing something for people so that they can learn something but also so that they can develop their passion for for flight and uh, and without you Rick I don't think we could have done it I mean you've done some some amazing by the way for people that don't know Rick does all of our editing uh, he's he's our our media guy he's been the person that's been able to really make this production a very pro- professional and actually he's been able to move the process forward much quicker than anybody I know when he he wants to get something done he gets it done right away so <laughs> yeah well thanks it's it's uh, it's fun i love doing it and uh, we've got it streamlined we got a good team and uh, we can turn this pretty quickly we might you know we we picked every other week just for safety's sake but you know someday we we might want to ramp it up to every week yeah, yeah. Well, oh God, Rick. <laughs> careful, wait, careful, careful what you Careful what you Okay, forget, forget I brought that up. <laughs> no, we, we won't be doing special episodes <laughs> no. on the other weeks. But, uh, no. you know, it's been no, – we're it fine. I uh, uh, forget I brought that up. Yeah, but, no, it, it's, it's, it was uh, – Len put together a good team, and, and, and you've taken taken the reins and pushed it even further. And we're, it's it's all fun to be doing it. So I'm glad I'm glad that we're past five years. Let's keep going. Yeah, so happy fifth year uh, anniversary yeah. and happy – Happy fifth birthday to, to Stuck Mike Avcast. Let's hope for Ooh. another another five years. Uh, so and and for you, the listener, thanks so much for coming here. Uh, we really appreciate it. And and you know, we, hopefully, we are bringing some information to you that you can use uh, so that you're a safer pilot, but also uh, just entertaining you and and developing that passion for flight because we all love to fly. We all have many different backgrounds, as you can tell, and uh, and we all come at it from different angles. Uh, but we, this all brings us together it's aviation and it is it is a wonderful avocation and a wonderful vocation for some of us here well folks that's it for the stuck mike avcast and our fifth anniversary uh, i think this is our fifth anniversary show it was this one of the last one but we'll call it our fifth anniversary show <laughs> and it, it's just been so terrific bringing it to you and i i know we will continue to do this for the next five years and i will say kudos to len and kudos to rick because we haven't missed uh, ever missed a date on our podcast right. yet, uh, production-wise, and, and that means something in five years. So thanks so yep. much, Rick, for doing that, and yeah. uh, and thank you, the listeners. Well, guys, we'll we'll talk to you next episode, and of course, safe flying. You've been listening to the Stuck Mike Abcast. 
Members of the Stuck Mike Adcast may receive compensation for products or services mentioned during the podcast. Compensation may be received in the form of, but not limited to, referral commissions, free products, or service trials. Our opinions and views are never influenced by any compensation, and you should always perform your own due diligence before purchasing any products or services mentioned during the show. The Stuck Mike Avcast is an aviation podcast and a Valeri Aviation Corporation production.